You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So this morning I'm going to speak to you about you are not alone. 2017, 24-7. How's that? Isn't that exciting? It's a continuation of 2016. This morning we didn't wake up and start a new year over. It was a continuation of last year. Amen? Our continuation of our love for God, our continuation of our worship for God, our continuation for our affection for God, it's a continuation today. Jesus continued. You know, Jesus didn't wake up this morning and make some New Year's resolutions for you. Isn't that exciting? He didn't wake up and say, you know, this year I'm going to get it right. This year I'm going to love them better. Or this year I'm going to bless them better. Because God does not have that. He woke up this morning with the same heart that he had last night when we went to bed. Can you imagine that? Our Jesus woke up this morning with the same love for you that he had yesterday, and the same love he has for you today, and the same love he has for you tomorrow. It doesn't change. It cannot change. It's complete. It's us that say we want to make New Year's resolutions. We want to start new. We're going to go on a diet, or we're going to start exercising, or we're going to read our Bible more this year, right? We're going to pray more, Jesus. I'm going to pray more this year. Because God knows we are human and we are growing in our humanness towards more of him. Amen? But God is complete. So he doesn't wake up this morning and say, I'm going to pray more for them. That is something to think about, right? He doesn't wake up and write New Year's resolutions for you. Because his mind has never changed. His mind towards you is good thoughts. The same good thoughts he had last week, he's had for you this week. And he'll have it for you next year. The same good thoughts he had for you when you were born, he'll give you when you are in your mid-twenties, he'll give you in your mid-thirties, in your forties, in your fifties, until you go see him one day. His mind never changes because it's a continuation, a continuation of our worship. Amen. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God never changes. He's so constant. He's so kind. He's so perfect. And that makes it so easy to love him. Amen? Because he's predictable. Right? When we know, think of God, we don't think God is not predictable. We know God loves us today, tomorrow, forever. We don't wonder tomorrow, is he waking up and wondering if he's going to love us today? He's predictable. We know his love for us is there. Yesterday, today, and forever. This year in and the next year out. He's the same. Month in, month out. When I come in, when we come in, and when we go out, he's the same. Jesus is the same in 2016 as he was in 2017. And this is, this is the thing that we can hold on to as an anchor in our soul. Because we know that our God is the same. For 12 months of the year, 52 weeks and 365 days, our God remains the same. 8,760 hours of the next year, he remains the same. 525,600 minutes of the next year, our God is going to remain the same. 31,536,000 seconds of the next year, our God remains the same. 24 hours of every day, our God, our God remains the same. We are not like those in the world who wake up and they don't know what's going to come. Because we know whether we walk in the light or we walk through a valley or we walk through the highest mountain, our God remains the same. 2016, 2017, our God remains the same. He says he will never leave or forsake you. 
There's a lot of scriptures that say that. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes before you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Another one, Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. 365 times in the Bible, church, God refers to not being afraid. You know why I think he did that? He gave it for every day of the year. Amen? Every day of the year, when you wake up, you can know, I do not have to be afraid. Because God told it to us in his word. Joshua 5 verse 1 says, No one will be able to stand up against you in all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's our God. Isn't that beautiful? I will never leave nor forsake you. 1 Kings 5 verse 57 says, May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he never leave us nor forsake us. 1 Chronicles 28 says, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you until all the work of the service of the temple of the Lord is complete. He will not leave you. He says it over and over in the Bible. Psalm 94 verse 14 in the Passion Translation is so beautiful. It says, the Lord will never walk away from his cherished ones. Isn't that beautiful? You're his cherished ones. Nor would he forsake his chosen ones who belong to him. Isaiah 42 says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Amen? Because our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Hebrews 13 verse 5b says, I will never leave you alone. Never. You know when you speak to your kids and you say, you must not do that. Never. You know when you just put that, that accentuation on that last word? Amen? God is doing this with us. He's saying, I will not, I never leave you. Never. He's saying, get it now. Never. Amen? <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? And I will not loosen my grip on your life. That's the, the Passion Translation of Hebrews 13. I will never leave you alone. Never. And I will not loosen my grip on your life. So we can say with great confidence, I know the Lord is for me, and I will never be afraid of what people may do to me. Isn't this amazing? God's word is so full of rich, rich nuggets. In Colossians 3, he says, There's none like him, and he will not allow his word to return void. This gives us a place to know that we don't have to fear. Amen? But even after all of this, what do we do? We fear. Right? Because we don't have the full revelation of God with us. When he was born, it was Emmanuel, God with us. Not Emmanuel, God with us for a little while. Or Emmanuel, God with us for a second or a minute or an hour. It's, he said God with us. So when God dwells on the inside of you, everything that you face, God is facing with you. And he's right there. He said, unto us a, a child is born, unto us a son is given. And he'll be wonderful, counselor, almighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father. There shall be no end to his reign. Amen? Are you hearing me this morning, church? God is the same yesterday, today, 
Will he leave and forsake you? Because why? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we fear. But fear is a very, very bad thing because fear weakens our determination. Amen? It changes our focus. It paralyzes us because we were never built to carry fear. God never made us to carry fear, to harbor fear, to look after fear. God made us as his, his children. So when we carry fear, we're carrying something that actually makes us sick. Amen? After all of these things where God says, I'll never leave you, you'll never be alone. I'm with you yesterday, today, and forever. We fear. But fear is not a very good thing because it's more deceptive than the devil himself. If you fear, how will you face a situation? You hear what I'm saying? So God says, do not fear, I'm with you. You don't have to be alone. So we don't have to fear. Blind Bartimaeus. Let's read it quickly in Mark 10, verse 46. I'm going to start reading just for time's sake. He says, when Jesus and his disciples had passed through Jericho, a large crowd joined them. Upon leaving the village, they met a blind beggar sitting on the side of the road named Bartimaeus. When he heard that Jesus from Nazareth was passing by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In my affliction, heal me. Those in the crowd were indignant and scolded at him for making such a disturbance. But he kept on shouting with all his might, Son of David, have mercy on me and heal me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him to come to me. So they went to the blind man and said, Have courage. Get up. Jesus is calling for you. So he threw off his beggar's cloak, jumped up and made his way to Jesus. Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The man replied, my master, please let me see again. Jesus responded, your faith heals you. Go in peace with your sight restored. All at once, the man's eyes opened and he could see again. And he began at once to follow Jesus, walking down the road with him. Blind Martimaeus had no fear. Amen? Here he was. He was a beggar. A beggar could not look after himself. He could not provide for himself. He had to sit at the side of the road and depend upon other people. Amen? And he was blind from birth. So he couldn't see either. But he had heard that Jesus is around. Amen? Because when he said, he, when, he, when Jesus came down the road, he recognized Jesus' voice. He'd probably been speaking to someone or they'd heard what Jesus had done. And he was waiting for his moment to be with Jesus. Amen? And when he recognized Jesus, he started to cry out. But he didn't just cry out because it was a cry of faith. He refused to stay in darkness any longer. He could have remained blind, church. Do you think he would have still cried? Jesus would have still stopped if he didn't cry out. He cried out. He was tired of his moment of darkness. Amen? And what does Jesus do when he cries out? He immediately stops and he gives him attention. But blind Bartimaeus had to do the crying out. Did he cry out, I'm blind, I'm blind? But probably what we do, right? Jesus, Jesus, I've got a problem. Breakthrough, breakthrough, healing, Lord, deliverance. <laughs> Is it just me? Lord, I need this and this and this and this, please. Thank you. Amen. Amen. What did he say? He said, son of David, have mercy on me. Why did he do that? When we say, son of David, have mercy on me, we don't limit God to what we think we need. When we say, Son of David, have mercy on us, we don't put our expectations on God. We just open the door so wide for him. When you pray for your family in 2017, just cry out, Son of David, have mercy on my family. Because you might think he needs this and this and this, but God knows you actually need that. Amen? 
Amen. So when he cried out, he was tired of living in darkness. We have to get tired of living in the dark parts in our lives. We need to get really fed up of it. There's no other word. And we have to cry out, Son of David, have mercy. And Jesus doesn't even hesitate. He stops and he looks. But you know what? Blind Bartimaeus didn't fear either. Because even when the crowds were saying to him, Shush, man. You know, that would be quite offensive, wouldn't it? Somebody, you're crying out for Jesus, you're blind. Everybody can see you're blind. You've been begging there. They know he's the solution, but they're selfish enough to tell him, no, shush, we don't want to give you a piece of Jesus. He's our Jesus. You know, Bartimaeus had a split second there to actually get quite offended. He could have shut it up and just left. Who would have maybe walked away when somebody told you to stop screaming? Let's be honest, I probably would have maybe taken two there. Amen? Because people talk and you, oh my, but he didn't worry about people's opinion. He didn't worry what they were telling him. He, he, was, he decided in his heart, I am not living like this one more minute of my life. And here is the solution. Nothing else is the solution. People have been giving him money for years. Was it his solution? He couldn't see. He knew Jesus was the solution and he cried out, no fear. No fear, okay? So he cries out to Jesus, Jesus, have, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus turns around and he says, what do you want? That's a bit strange. You can see the guy's blind, right? If you just see a blind man here and he's sitting on the side of the road begging, would you wonder if he's blind? You, you can see the man is blind. Jesus says, what do you want? This morning, Jesus is saying to you in 2017, what do you want? What do you want? He knows what you want. He knew what blind Bartimaeus needed. But he said to him, what do you want? Why do you think he did that? Because he wanted to see what was the cry of faith in his heart. And he said, Lord, that I can see. Amen. And the Lord said to him, there we go. There's your sight. Get up. And he threw off his cloak. The Bible says he threw off his cloak. Sometimes we have to throw off those little habits we picked up while we were blind. You get what I'm saying? We pick up little habits. We get so used to it. Like, um, let me use something that everybody's talking about. So used to getting offended, right? And then I know I'm offended, and then I get quiet. Ladies. And then in Afrikaans, they call it still stapa. I don't know what you call it in English. Quiet, quiet moments. <laughs> and then you don't speak to your husband for a while because you're just going to show him now how sorry he's going to be because he upset you. Am I talking to the right people? I'm just real people. I'm talking about me too, right? When I talk to you, I talk to me too. When I say you have to get up and and throw your cloak off, I'm telling myself it as well. Most of the time we preach to ourselves up here, believe it or not. Amen? So we we get all quiet and then we want to show them how much they're going to just regret doing what they did. (laughs) Am I talking the truth? Amen. Men also do it sometimes, I think. I don't know. My husband never does it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Quite often. <laughs> and then the spouse comes and they're so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And you're like, you know what? I forgive you. But you're just going to have to grovel a little bit more. <laughs> Amen? Amen? You're just going to feel it a little bit more. And then when I'm ready to let you go, I'll let you go. <laughs> Amen, church? And that's little habits we pick up because we, we don't realize God forgives us instantly. Bam. Lord, I'm sorry. It's over. I don't remember it anymore. 
but we remember it. We've got a, sometimes a, a memory like an elephant. When you fight with your husband, it comes up. You know, 10 years ago, on that Christmas morning, you said that to Auntie Greta, and she was very upset, and I was very hurt. Do we do that, church? We do that because you know what? We are growing into the likeness of God, and it's little habits we pick up. Instead of when he comes and says he's sorry, you know what? You forgive, and it's over. Bam. But you know what? You train this heart. You know this heart is like a muscle, like an exercise room. And you train your heart in a direction. Do you know that? The prophet actually refers to your heart as a prayer room. Can you imagine? Wow. Is Jesus welcome in your prayer room? Would he be comfortable there? Or would he sometimes maybe want to move out for a while? <laughs> Amen? Am I speaking to the right people this morning? This message challenged me as much as it's challenging all of you. Last night the prophet said, your heart is a prayer room. And I was like, man... That is anal, because what do I allow in my heart that becomes so easy for me to just handle? So blind Bartimaeus threw off his cloak, so he threw off his habit, and he followed Jesus. He got up. Did Jesus say, throw off your cloak, Bartimaeus? No. Bartimaeus called out to Jesus. Bartimaeus told him what he wants. Bartimaeus threw off his cloak. In your life. Tell Jesus what you want. Get tired of being in your dark place. Amen? Say, son of David, have mercy. Lord, you know what? I think I need this and this and this, but you know what? You decide what I need because you know better than me. Because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God is already in tomorrow. He already knows. We have the Holy Spirit with us. It's like having a, somebody tell you all the secrets all the time. Can you imagine? God made it so easy to live. Hey? If we had the Holy Spirit, but we forget about him, right? So he throws off his cloak and he follows Jesus. He screams, son of David, have mercy, no fear. He doesn't scream, I'm blind, I'm blind. He refused to stay a beggar anymore. He refused to stay a beggar anymore. In 2017, refused to stay what, what the world and what yourself has placed on yourself and the devil. Refused to stay there. Get up, throw off your cloak. And run to Jesus. Amen? And he's ready. He, just, he didn't even hesitate to turn around to him. The lady with the issue of blood, she pushed through a crowd. God didn't open a highway and say, everybody move out the way. She's coming. She decided, I'm tired of living with this forever now. I'm tired of this disease. It's not my friend. But you know, many times, church, our, our little habits and wrong things become our friends. So I'm so used to, this is me. If you see me, this is me. I always have a migraine on a Wednesday. I'm just using a stupid example, right? But you become used to that habit. The lady had to push, the lady with the issue of blood had to push through the crowd. She had to push through opposition. People telling her to go away. And then she had to reach out. She didn't run up to Jesus and go, here I am. Do it. Did she? The Bible's so practical, it's just not funny. She reached out and she grabbed the cloak, touched the cloak of Jesus. And he turned around and he said, who's touching me? And church, you know what? He was in a large crowd at that stage because she had to push through a crowd. So if you're pushing through in a crowd, obviously people are bumping against you, right? But her bump wasn't like anyone else's. When she grabbed him, it was a, grab, a, a, a faith grab. It wasn't a grab of just, I'm going to just touch Jesus because I want to touch him. Amen? 
And that's our heart towards the Lord because the Lord is the same yesterday and He will never leave all. He will never leave all. In 24 hours, will He leave or forsake you? Next week, will He leave or forsake you? Next year, will He leave or forsake you? Kids, when you go back to school, will He leave or forsake you? No. Thank God He doesn't leave or forsake us when we go to school. Amen? Amen. Because He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Romans 8 verse 1, it says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? The prophet always says, If God is for us, we know what follows. If God is for us. There's a story of a, of a, a, a businessman and his friend, an unsaved friend, a Christian and his unsaved friend, and they were sitting on the park bench watching the world go by. And there was a poor drunken beggar that walked by in these dressed rags. The unsaved friend pointed to the beggar and said, Businessman would put a new suit on that man. To which the Christian responded, Maybe so, but Jesus Christ can put a new man in that suit. Jesus Christ can put a new man in the suit because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's predictable. We know our God. We know our God's heart. Amen? But the devil lies to us and tells us, God doesn't want to heal you. God doesn't want to deliver you. God doesn't want to set you free. You're going to be lonely for the rest of your life. You are just going to sit here and rot like an old tomato. Amen? And you know what? We believe it. Right? Instead of just taking the word of God. Am I helping someone this morning? In 2017, God will show himself faithful. Isaiah 43 says, But now, this is what the Lord says. He has created you, O Jacob. Fear not, I have redeemed you. In 2 Kings 6 verse 16, he says, Do not be afraid. The Lord will fight for us. You need only be still. The Lord will fight for you. What must you do? The Lord will fight for you, but you must be still. In other words, when you see the Lord is fighting for you, you will regret your complaints, you will regret your murmuring, and you will hold your peace and quiet down. Amen. If you hear the Lord's fighting for you, the Holy Spirit is the enemy of fear, and he's a friend that will help you conquer fear. I'm going to read Psalm 91. You know, without fear, David became the most awesome giant slayer. And without fear, Moses could, as a, as a slave, a Hebrew slave, go into Pharaoh's courts. Amen? Without fear, we can come into the presence of God. Amen? Whether we have strong legs and we have eloquent speech, or whether we have, like ourselves, weak legs and not smooth speech, we all must rely on the, on the grace of God, amen, and not fear. Let me read Psalm 91 in the Passion for you. It says, When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me, and he's the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me, and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy, and he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night or to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you. For God will keep you safe and secure. They won't lay a hand on you. Even in the time of disaster, with thousands and thousands being killed, 
You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, and they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives under the shadow of God Almighty, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiery powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover, I will protect you. I will set you on high, safe and secure before my face. This is the Lord's promise. I'm closing. This is the important question this morning. If God's faithfulness to you is 12 months of a year, 52 weeks, 365 days, 8,760 hours, 525,600 minutes, 31,536,000 seconds of every year, what is your faithfulness to him? What is your faithfulness to him? Good question to ask this morning, right? How do you make a new year? By the way you live it. How do you make a new year? By the way you live it. How can you make a blessed year? By the way you live it. Choose to spend time with the Lord. If he gives you all that faithfulness, all those hours, moments, seconds of every day, what is it that you are giving him? Amen? Choose this morning to spend time with him, to make him a priority, that when he comes into your prayer room, your heart, that he finds it a comfortable place. Amen? Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.